of you guys. God loves us. For God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And the next verse, God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to what? Save it. We just, a bunch of sinners need and save it. Right? And when we get saved, we got to remember, we're still sinners saved by grace. So when we look at sinners, same thing. Hey friends, you're listening to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations facing life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive into today's show. Welcome back to another live message from Victor coming out of John chapter 8. In this episode, Victor shares how if we really want to know who God is, then we have to look at Jesus. While people may be quick to blame and self-righteousness, Christ's first response is not to condemn, but to offer grace and salvation in spite of ourselves. When we repent and persevere forward, he gives each and every one of us the freedom to start over. This is an episode you won't want to miss. So here's Victor Marks with today's message. John chapter 8. This is when the adulteress faces Jesus. We all know this story, right? I want to look at it through the eyes of a Cajun. So here we go. <laughs> Expositional swamp teaching. John chapter 8, verse 2. Let me read through it. Now, early in the morning, he came again to the temple, and all the people came to him. He sat down, and he taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. So what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they may have something of what to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, and beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus raised himself up, and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. There are many conceptions of who Jesus Christ is. And I don't know about y'all, but the tendency for most people, non-believers and Christian, is to form and fashion a type of Jesus that doesn't necessarily reflect who he really is from a biblical point of view. Does that make sense? I mean, there are a lot of people who say, I know Jesus, and yet they live a life that's contrary to his teachings. 
And I go, well, okay. What, what Jesus do, do you know? Because the way you're living is so different to what it seems like he says. And a lot of times the problem is we're religious people. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power, right? And here, this, this is Jesus. And if you want to know who God is, the Bible says to look at Jesus. Because doesn't the Bible say, if you've seen the Son, if you've seen the, you've seen the Father. Because they're one. So this is safe. This is truth. And I love how this whole setting is up Jesus. He's basically at church. And uh, he's sitting down teaching. And afterwards, the, the Pharisees and the scribes, they couldn't wait because they had caught a woman in adultery. Adultery. What is adultery? Adultery is having sex with someone else's spouse. Falls in that same category of fornication. Sex outside the bounds of marriage between a man and a woman. That's it. That's how God designed it. That's what his word says. And it's so restrictive because, God, one person your whole life, ugh. Y'all didn't expect that, did y'all? I just heard somebody say, heretic. No, but is it that what people think? Yes. Is that the truth? Hey, I, when I go into these youth prisons, I talk to the, these hard kids, right? And I tell them, hey, man, let me tell y'all something. I said, I wish that everyone in the world would follow at least one of the commandments of God, and that is have sex only in marriage, with your spouse, nothing. Not before, just, just your spouse. I said, that's what God wants for y'all. <laughs> Can you imagine the response I get? Yeah. They're like, you crazy, man. And that's what they always say. Dang, man, I'm a player. What? Why? You can't, you can't shackle a brother like that. <laughs> um, and I say, it sounds so restrictive. I mean, it sounds like, dun, 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 <coughs> again. But I said, no, no, because God made sex. And there are two types of sex. There's good sex and there's bad sex. And this sex right here is bad. This is bad. It's adultery. It's wrong. And bad sex always has consequences. People think you can get away with it, but you can't. There's always consequences for bad sex. Am I wrong or am I right? It might be STD. I mean, the average girl in high school sexually active, like, I think it's like 70% will get an STD. I got to get the number again. But that, it's so high, it's crazy. And the number of STDs nowadays compared to in the 50s or 60s, completely different. And I always talk to the kids about after the parties. I said, everybody promotes party. Let's talk about the pain after the party. And I said, you know, there's consequences from bad sex. Unwanted babies. They end up getting aborted. Hurt relationships. I mean, you can't protect yourself from emotional pain when you're being used. And I tell them, man, can you imagine a world if everybody just, and I talk to their level, and I talk to their heart, I said, let me tell you what would be different. And you know what? These kids are looking at me going, because I just got their heart. They're like, man, you're right. You're right. Hmm. 
There wouldn't be divorces and breakups because of infidelity. Are y'all hearing me? There wouldn't be all the wasted energy on, is she cheating? Is, is he out with... There would be such a calm peace and trust. And there's a whole other list. But when I tell those kids the consequences of bad sex, they get it. And they speak truthfully with me. I had one kid, one gang member said, sex ain't all that supposed to be. I said, you're half right. Good sex is though. Of which I'm an expert. I mean, it's self-proclaimed, but I still say it. Uh, so there was a self-proclaimed sex expert going to colleges teaching courses that are so contrary to God's word. I mean, experimentation with everything from the same sex to bestiality to all that. And I was like, and she was getting some. And I checked her credentials. It was all just self-proclaimed sex expert. I, was, I tell my, I looked at my kids. I said, hey, you're going to be a time when you get older and all your friends are going to want to start telling you about sex. I said, don't believe them. They don't know nothing. Come to dad. I'm the expert. I've been married all these years, and I had you kids, so I know something about it. And you know what? I think if Christian couples really embrace the healthiness of intimacy without all the weirdness of the darkness and, the, and just it would be better for our kids. Because let me tell you what, they are getting bombarded day in, day out. It is a battle for their mind. It's a battle. Music, videos, games, everything. It's tainting their view of how God really intended it. And I know this, just like my brother, when I was engaged to my wife, my brother, you know, I was like all excited. I was like, hey, I told my brother, you know, Cajun family, I said, hey, man, I'm like, it's all good. And my brother told me, he said, hey, you know, the alligator killer. He said, hey, so uh, how is she? I was like, how is she what? He said, you know, how is she? You know, I was like, dude, you know, I became a Christian, you know, a year ago, whatever. I said, and we decided we're not going to do that. We decided to obey what the, the Holy Scriptures say that say, wait. And believe me, we've been in the world. We get all that. But we decided to do it God's way, uh, to live pure. And I said, I'm a, and my brother's like, are you telling me you hadn't tested her out, man? I said, yeah. He said, come here, little brother. He was like, come here. I said, I know you're on this Jesus thing right now. But he said, man, look, what if you're not sexually compatible? And then I was like, I didn't think about that. Oh, my gosh, that might be an issue. I mean, I hate to get married and honeymoon. Nothing worked. We're not compatible. We, we never touch each other again. I said, is that what you mean? He goes, you know what I mean, man. What, what? I said, I, said I, I prayed a quick little prayer. I was like, Lord, please. We're going against generational sin right here. Mindset and philosophy, give me something, Lord. And he did. I looked at my brother, who actually is in the orphan industry, president of a large company, founded it. I mean, Christmas, he gave out half a million dollars in bonuses to his staff. So he's a wealthy swamp guy, okay? <laughs> he invented a drilling tool that made him like, woo So he would live in this district. So I'll tell you something. <laughs> I, I, told him, I said, hey, man, you like Ferraris, right? He said, uh... Yeah, I said, okay, what if we went to the Houston dealership, we went into the Ferrari showroom, and they said, pick out any one you want right here. You pick it out, boom, they'll give you the key and the title. It's yours. You don't even have to pay for it. 
I said, would you take it? He said, yeah. I said, the only thing is you couldn't test drive it. Would you still take it? He goes, of course, man. It's a Ferrari. I said, all right. I found myself a Ferrari. (laughs) Now listen, 25 years later, I've never cheated or been cheated on. Five children. I'm the first person in three generations of my family that has broken the cycle. Not divorced, never cheated. Do you understand? Guess who's looking at me 25 years later now? And I'm telling you, in the church, in churches, self-righteous people wear me out. They're always looking for other people's sin. You know why? Because they're not looking at the cross. You spend time with the Lord, you see your need. And, and you never rejoice at somebody else's sin. You just want to help them out. But here they are. We caught her in that. We caught her in that. It's like, well, what are y'all waiting? Was it a sting operation? And where's the dude? Where's the guy? They don't bring him. Where is the guy? I wonder if he was a Pharisee. They're like, Johnny? Go out the back door. Come here, skanky woman. (laughs) We always blame the women more so than the guys. Just like the Garden of Eden. Although that was a woman thing right there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm not, this is just a thought. <laughs> if you're named Eve, God bless you. I don't know why parents name girls Eve. Okay, so listen. Here's the deal. With Eve and Adam and all that, where was Adam when she was being enticed and talked to and seduced into sin? Yes, it was her choice. It was her choice. But where was Adam? Where was he? That's his wife. I don't know about y'all. If some dude comes start talking to my wife, I don't care where we are. Church, not what if I and I, if I see some dude, especially if he's good looking. Hey, you, Eileen, some nice moves up there. I'll be like, excuse me. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Aren't we supposed to be protective and covering our wife? Adam should have come over there when he heard the voice that wasn't God, and walked right over there and said, "Hey, babe, what's up?" It could have changed everything, right? If he stepped right in there, grabbed that snake, broke his neck, made a pair of boots and a belt. It would have changed everything. Changed everything. Eve would have been like, oh, my man, my man, my man. We got to reject passivity, engage. Be mighty men of God, even when it's uncomfortable. Amen. So Jesus, here he is. He deals with the guys. He deals with them by ignoring them first. Don't give all your energy to knuckleheaded people. Sometimes you just got to be like, I'm sorry, will you say something? Because you're talking, but I don't hear nothing. And I like how he stoops down. And to me, it's symbolic of God Almighty stooping down, coming out of heaven, coming into our world, our sinful world for us. He stoops down and says he writes something in the dirt. And then he tells them, hey, who hadn't cast the first stone? Right, who hadn't sinned? You throw the first one. Of course, nobody does. I think if he wouldn't have been right on the grounds, they would have picked up stones because they would have lied. So what did he write? I've heard some good things. I heard maybe he was writing their sins from that past week. And they're like, hmm. I think, I think it would have been Kofi. He just wrote their birth date in it. 
and then a dash, and the day they were going to die. <laughs> How them oh shoot, I got like a year left. I better just go. I don't know, but it worked. And then he looks at this gal, and he says, where are those who condemn you? Right? She said, there's not. And he says, I don't condemn you either. That's Jesus. You filthy sinner here are listening or watching, and you know you're a sinner. I mean, you put a needle in your arm last night. You slept. You can't even remember the guys you slept with. You are some man whore that has chased women all your life. You who has connected the porn that's so filthy that if we looked at your phone, the history of that or your laptop, you would, ne- you would never show up again. You filthy sinner. God doesn't condemn you. He loves you. He wants to forgive you and set you free so that you can live a life that's truly impossible apart from the power of God. He promises to offer you forgiveness of your sin like he did me. And then put his Holy Spirit in us so that we can live a life that makes people go, wow. And you know who's shocked more than anybody else about my life? Because we have high visibility now and all the things. But you know who's more shocked than anybody else of my life? Me. I look in the mirror and still cry. Especially when my wife's behind me chopping onions. <laughs> you guys, God loves us. For God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And the next verse, God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to what? Save it. We just, a bunch of sinners needing saving. Right? And when we get saved, we got to remember, we're still sinners saved by grace. So when we look at sinners, same thing. My dad, it's an amazing story of this old pimp dude who... (laughs) Didn't claim his son, but later in life came back to me through a letter and told me, I'm sorry I never was there for you. You don't think I had hate toward him? I had a lot of hate. He said, but something's happened to me. He said, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. This guy. The last I'd heard him here, he was a practicing warlock. And when he became a Christian, he never forgot he was a sinner. He never forgot where... And he was an evangelist, bless his heart. Not a good one, but he was an evangelist. (laughs) I I seen him walk up to a dude one time, a biker, getting off a bike. (sighs) Big, nasty-looking dude. My dad walks right up to him, puts his finger in his chest. He said, you tough? You a good fighter? That dude looked at my dad. And my dad, believe me, he was a scrapper. He looked at him and said, good enough to beat you, old man. And my dad goes, I ain't worried about me. Neither should you be. He said, I want to know this. Can you whoop a demon? The guy goes, what? He goes, can you whoop a demon? He goes, what are you talking about? He says, because apart from Christ, you'll spend eternity in hell, and there'll be millions of demons coming at you, boy. How do you answer that? And then he went on to tell him the good news. He's, he gave him the bad news, which is you're condemned already by your own sin. 
And hell is real. But he told me. And you know what? That guy got soft in the moment. And he told my dad, sir, thank you for telling me this. He said, no one ever tells me this. They're all afraid of me because I'm all there. I said, I ain't afraid of you. God loves you. That's God. And dad knows it more than anybody right now. He's face to face with them. As of February 13th. You know, dad, he'd be laughing right now. You guys, I do love what Jesus tells the lady. He says, go. As in freedom, go. There's no sin. There's no condemnation on you. You're forgiven. He said, go, but he said, sin no more. Because God is holy, righteous. That's why I don't, when people start telling me they know God, God loves them. You know, like one guy we saw yesterday, we were sitting in a meeting in a bank, and this guy sitting across from us, he has tattooed on his arm. My wife goes, oh, what's that tattoo say? It says, no one can judge me but God. And actually, it's, it's truth. It's, it's truth. But he was very proud of his lifestyle, which this is his get-out-of-jail-free card, right? No one can judge me but God. And he was very militant in his lifestyle. I said, that is true, but that would scare me to death, man, because you are going to get judged by God. He goes, it's like he didn't really think that through. I said, I, I made me, it makes me nervous. That's why we need the cross. Because there is a day when we close our eyes that apart from Jesus Christ, judgment and hell, which really wasn't made for us, it was made for the demons. But because of man's rebellion toward God and their love of their lifestyle and rejection of Jesus Christ, they'll spend eternity there. And Jesus is telling this woman, go, but sin no more. Is he talking about perfection? No. You guys freedom is what the Lord offers us. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way, or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.